Hi, and welcome to the 49th Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, I speak with Deb Madden, Engagement Director at CITB, the industry training board for the construction sector in England, Scotland and Wales that supports the British construction industry to have a skilled, competent and inclusive workforce now and in the future. Deb is passionate about helping more girls and women into exciting careers in construction and she brings 26 years of knowledge and experience of the sector. As ever, Inesh Santos will be talking you through the new content in the written issue once again. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We have got with us today Deb Madden, and she is the engagement director at CITB. Deb, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Fiona. Thanks for having me along. Well, very excited to be chatting with you today, hearing all your stories. So, without further ado, I'm going to jump straight in and I'm going to ask you if you're able to tell us about your educational background and career to date. I'd love to. So I came through a, a typical child of the early 70s route. I grew up in the northwest of England, very much a working class upbringing, coal miner's daughter, but with a, a mum and dad who put a big emphasis on education. I did O levels because I am that old, um, and I did those at an all girls convent grammar school, which I think probably to this day is responsible for my pedantic nature and irrational fear of apostrophes in the wrong place. I often think that going to an all girls school probably helped me to focus on learning and I know that the research backs that up. I was a decent student, I think. Not exceptional, but bright and certainly not a paragon of how to do school right. I could be a little challenging at times. I think I saw that on my report card a few times. Always been a bit last minute as well. Putting myself under pressure is probably my favourite hobby, still is. And that came to the fore when I was sitting those O-levels. Then I moved on to A-levels and I had no careers advice at all other than you're quite bright, you might want to work in a bank. I'm not quite sure what gave them the impression I'd want to work in a bank. But it was suggested vaguely as well that I should go on to do some A-levels and then go on to university if I wanted to do well. So off I went. Again, at this point, as most 16-year-old girls do, I had plenty of distractions. I got decent A-level results and I went off to university to study social sciences. I chose that because I liked the look of it. And that was the only reason. And I had a vague idea that I wanted to do something that helped people. And I knew that big corporate business probably wasn't going to be my bag. I did have a big social conscience, though, and it was around the time of the the poll tax and the introduction of student loans and all of that stuff, very late 80s, early 90s. And I suppose I was a bit of a student activist. It was the right time for it, and I was definitely up for it. I loved uni. I wouldn't swap those years, but I do often think that with a bit more careers advice, I may have taken a, a different path. I came out with a very decent degree, though, and to a time and a world that felt at the time like it had really limited opportunities for me. It's probably because I didn't know what those opportunities were. I did a bit of voluntary work and part-time jobs whilst I looked for something that felt right. 
but not really knowing, I think, what was right. And at that time, MVQs were kind of a new thing and employers wanted them. So I signed myself up to do one with a work placement type thing to go along with it, to get experience. And the work placement was with the training provider I was doing the training with, which is often the case. And whilst I was doing that MVQ and working at the same time, the tutor left. And I said, because clearly I knew everything at the time and had the arrogance of youth on my side, that I could do that. I could be a tutor. Let me have a go. And for some odd reason, they said, okay. So I spent a few years training with and working for that training provider and then another one as a tutor and an assessor and a centre manager. And I was good at it. And I realised that training was probably for me. It wasn't a bad gig. It was turning people's lives around. That's how I felt at the time. I I was literally training people who had generations of worklessness in their families and watching some of them suddenly develop this passion for learning and work. And I felt that in some small way that I was genuinely turning lives around. And I realised I was working with loads of different people every day, which was a big box ticker for me because I got bored very easily. I was making a difference and I'd kind of found a place for myself. And then an opportunity came up at CITB And the two lovely people who interviewed me 26 years ago must have seen something in me and and gave me the job. And when I started at CITB, I felt like I was in the right place. I thought, yeah, this will be okay for a couple of years. And I've ended up staying here ever since. I'm like the old lady of CITB now. And the people who work here with me are amazingly dedicated. And that's one of the reasons I've stayed. But it's chiefly because I've continued to be challenged and pushed and developed. And as I've learned about the industry and how complex and fascinating it is I've got this kind of unhealthy obsession with motorways and how amazing they are and I remember I hadn't been at CITB very long but I remember being on my way across the M62 it was late at night it was really dark and the image of it sweeping down and bending around across the Pennines all lit up such a a massive feat of civil engineering and at night it genuinely is a thing of beauty and that made me kind of realise what an amazing industry I was working with And those elements of the industry are all around us. Wherever you are now, look around and literally everything you see and everything you do today, tomorrow, will have a part of our industry in it. It's the fabric of our lives. And to be a part of that, even on the periphery as I am, just fascinates me and keeps me interested. I'm digressing. I stayed here at CITB and I've been here a long time and I've been in at least 11 different roles worked in a number of bits of the organisation. I've always been involved in some way with training or careers. I came into management 10, 12 years ago, then drifted into senior management, and I'm now in a leadership role. And I feel like I'm in the right place now, working alongside an industry that I really admire. The people who work in this industry are fantastically inspiring. And the role that I'm doing aligns with my values. I don't have to compromise myself. I can operate in an ethical way, and that's really important to me. And it just depends on what your values are, I think. Sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves or other people to get to the top, more money, more status. And sometimes that can be counterproductive. It's not a race. And owning your own career should be about getting to a place that makes you happy and where you feel challenged and able to make a difference, but also where you're sure of your place. And I'm in a place, and always have been in a place where I like coming to work. It still feels fresh and there's new things to challenge me every single day. So I guess I'm trying to justify to myself why I've been here for 26 years, but that's the reason I love what I do. I've loved listening to your story. And I think that actually the people with the most interesting stories don't always believe that their own stories are the most interesting, but they are. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So you're like a womanthology woman through and through. So so it's great to be chatting with you. And I just love the way you've taken us through that. 
if we had to summarize CITB for people, the role of the organization, what would you define that as? So we are officially the industry training board for the construction sector in England, Scotland and Wales. We're here to support the British construction industry to have skilled, competent and inclusive workforce now and in the future. The boring bit is that we're an executive non-departmental public body sponsored by the Department for Education. Boring but important. So we're also accountable to government ministers and ultimately parliament. We take a levy from construction employers to support the training that the sector does or some of the training that the sector does. And we do that through providing that direct advice and guidance and a range of grants and funding. And we also carry out tons of really relevant research and analysis to inform industry and stakeholders. So we're primarily supporting employers, but of course, indirectly, we're impacting on tens of thousands of individuals who engage with us through their employers. We're essentially about skills and training for the construction sector. And your role at CITB today, if we're imagining you on a day-to-day basis, what are we imagining you doing? So describing my role on a day-to-day basis is quite hard because it's very different each day. But I look after a team of customer-facing people and we provide direct support to employers. It's an on-demand service, if you like. We deliver our products and services to them, essentially. We work with stakeholders as well, including the trade associations and the federations. I always think of us as a funnel, I guess, into and out of CITB. So I spend a lot of time speaking with employers and stakeholders. Equally important is that internal dialogue, not only on troubleshooting when something hasn't gone right, but also making sure that the customer voice is coming into the business and informing our strategy and plans. We can't keep everyone happy all the time, but we do what we can to make sure that all of those views we get are being reflected in the plans we make and what we deliver back to industry. And the pandemic changed the way we work and a lot more of our stuff is done virtually, which just means we can pack more in, which is helpful as my role is hugely varied every day. It's usually full of meetings, some face to face, others online. But the role encompasses planning, strategy, looking after my amazing team. And it's a big team, over 100 people. So I have to try and know a bit about everything that happens in the organisation so I can best serve the team and the customers. So I'm regularly getting involved in things across and outside the business, whether I'm invited or not. So, yeah, a really, really varied role, Fiona. And what is gender balance like in construction in the UK at the moment? Where are we at? It's not great. Women make up 14% of the construction workforce. And we know that they make up 50% of the working age population, so it's not great. And across site-based trades, it's fewer than 2% of the workforce are women. Um, And for some occupations, it's as low as 1%. And of course, improving the diversity of the workforce in construction would help to fill those skills gaps that we are desperate to fill. And also brings all those new perspectives and ideas. We know that one of the biggest barriers is that construction workers are recruited informally. They'll find jobs through their personal network. So that just repeats the pattern. There is a rethinking recruitment report, which can be accessed on the CITB website, which has loads more detailed information about how that impacts. But I suppose the flip side of that is there's a lot of work going in and there's a lot of examples of really good practice and part of what we like to showcase is shining examples. So what inclusion initiatives are you seeing at the moment and what sort of difference are they making? So recruiting enough of the right people and different people is ultimately down to employers. Employers need to be presenting a really authentic face of the industry to this new generation that we want to recruit. There's industry-wide support behind this. 
the Construction Leadership Council, working with employers, federations, and, and a number of other stakeholders, including CITB, coordinates that strategic change and pulls together the action plans for diversity, as well as highlighting best practice and promoting any initiatives. Go Construct, which is our industry careers platform, provides vital careers information to any new potential applicants and has introduced new tools to help employers promote careers. The ITB has this employer recruitment toolkit and it really challenges employer informal recruitment practices, which is absolutely key to widening that recruitment pool. Again, all freely available, not just to CITB registered companies, but to anybody who wants to use it. We also have our Go Construct STEM ambassadors who take construction into the classroom. They're role models for the next generation. And we work with influencers at the various career services and also with the Department for Work and Pensions to make sure that construction is really well-placed for promotion to the right people. We need to build on the great work to achieve meaningful change. Very little has changed over the past 20 or so years, unfortunately, and we need to continue to build that momentum. And again, this is probably down to the individual employers as well, but around things like facilities on site and things like flexibility, if you have to drop your kids off at school, but quite often sites start at the time when you might need to be dropping your kids off. So I suppose that's individual employers are looking at issues like that and how they can accommodate. Absolutely. And it is about individual employers, but it's also about groups of employers coming together. We supported a time-wise flexible working pilot led by Build UK a few years ago. And that pilot was to demonstrate that flexible working absolutely can be implemented on construction sites with absolutely no adverse impacts on budgets or timelines. So it flew in the face of what was the accepted norm in construction and not only around flexibility, but increased workers' sense of well-being and work-life balance. And it's given a much greater acceptance and understanding in the industry of the benefits of flexible working. But these things take some time to filter through and we need to keep that momentum going. And yes, it is absolutely about employer ownership. There are a number of other projects. All of our employers in the industry need to make sure that they're in an attractive position. This flexibility piece is key. And not only that, but working conditions and environments where women will want to work, where they'll have a positive experience. And then, of course, recommend it to their friends so we can change the face of construction as it is now. There are pockets of great practice all over the place. But a very recent one is the National Federation of Builders launched their Top 100 Legacy Programme last week with a huge celebration of the Top 100 Influential Women in Construction. And they're now following that up with a year-long programme of mentoring, networking, masterclasses, such an involved programme. that we're really excited about being involved plenty of employers who will be involved in that program in the next year and you can easily find that online and get involved if you're a woman in construction or thinking about looking at construction the other thing that I think is probably worth mentioning is the Fairness Inclusion and Respect program which is CITB part funded working with the Civil Engineering Contractors Association and the Supply Chain Sustainability School and this encourages those real cultural shifts It's been taken up by hundreds of construction companies and it really challenges them to think differently about recruitment and retention. And it provides free resources and advice and ultimately helps employers to become a more appealing employer, make them a more attractive prospect to attract new skills. So there is a lot happening, but there's absolutely room for more companies to get involved. And we're always really keen to hear about new ideas in that space as well that we might be able to support or bring employers together on. So I'm going to ask you, what is your advice to women and girls who might be interested in construction careers, but really don't know where to start, haven't a clue where to start? What sort of things could they do? 
So, well, firstly, there are masses of fantastic, interesting and well-paid jobs in construction. There's something for nearly everyone. We know that some employers, not all, need to improve what they offer, but they can only do that if we can get more women into construction to act as those pathfinders to help industry improve. The other thing to mention in this space about the industry is the progression opportunities. I really want to mention this today, the social mobility, if you like. Once you've found a place in the industry, the sky really is the limit. The movement and progression within this industry is absolutely second to none. But that pipeline of talent is a huge challenge for us, just like it is for a lot of industries at the moment. The future's really bright. We need more of the same, but also new and different skills because the industry is getting really tied into modernization and net zero. So really exciting times. So I would say to young women, you need to fight for good careers advice. You need to ask companies to let you have some work experience with them. Engage with the Build UK Open Doors programme. Open Doors is about sites opening their doors and inviting people to have a look at what's on offer. So ask your school or your college if they're engaging with Open Doors. And if they're not, tell them they should be. And again, a Google of Open Doors will throw up all kinds of information. And for more information, for younger women, look at Go Construct. It's an early careers platform that covers the whole industry. Take the quizzes, find out what interests you and what jobs might suit you, and probably eliminate some that might not suit you as well. And for anyone looking for a career and they've made a decision, they've had a look on Go Construct, they say, yeah, this is for me. Register on Talent View Construction. It's a dedicated resource, completely free of charge, for work experience, internships, first jobs, apprenticeships, all the way through from trade, right through to professional and management. For anyone who's looking for a new role in construction, who's already in the industry or has some really good transferable skills, the Construction Talent Retention Scheme is also brilliant. It's linked to Talent View, but a separate platform. There are hundreds and hundreds of companies signed up. And again, it's a brilliant free recruitment resource. Ask about getting construction tasters or virtual tasters. And there are loads and loads of great web resources out there as well. Women into Construction website, the Women in Manual Trades website, building people, Go Construct, I've already mentioned, the CITB website, your local career service, use them and ask for that advice. It is out there. You just may need to have a little look for it. I always think I want some construction skills when I need to get work done on my house. I think if I could do it myself, that would be amazing. I want to learn how to lay bricks. I want to do my own extension. Seriously, if I had my time again, honestly, I would be working in this industry. I don't think I'd be plastering or bricklaying. I'd be like quantity surveying or something like that. It's a fantastic industry. It really is. I want to be an architect. I'm a frustrated architect, but that's my other thing. Is there anything that you'd like, any shout outs you'd like us to make? What can our community do to amplify your messaging and help and support? We would love you to promote our Talent View Construction, Go Construct, Construction Talent Retention Scheme and our website and just get the word out to us. as many people as possible that this industry has got some amazing opportunities. And uh, <laughs> what is coming up next for you, Deb? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? It can be in work, it can be out of work, it can be whatever you like. Well, after 26 years, Fiona, I'm not planning any sudden move. So for us at CITB, we are busy getting industry input ahead of strategic planning. We're consulting with customers on some new ideas. We look to change the way we fund training. We're also looking at how we can offer a wider range of routes into the industry, which will also help with that diversity piece as well. And other than that, keeping in touch with and supporting our customers is always top of my priority list. On a more personal level, I'm studying part-time for an MBA, so that does take up a fair bit of my time. But it is all good being involved in learning again. Pretty challenging. But the future's bright for construction. 
And given the influence of skills for net zero, digitalization and modernization, it's a really exciting time to be involved or to think about getting involved. What an opportunity for young people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Lovely to meet you, Fiona. Lovely to meet you. Thanks. Hello, my name is Inês Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanology, and I am here to tell you all about our new issue, which showcases epic women in construction. The stories include Amarjit Atwal, who is Land and Partnerships Director for the Central Region at Tilia Homes, started out when her potential was spotted as typist placed in a construction company. Needless to say, Amarjit rapidly rose through the ranks, moving from buying to estimating. She now has responsibility for delivering housing solutions by structuring complex land deals at Tilia Homes. She shares how diverse and creative thinking can have a positive impact on the environment and local communities. Ayo Shukale is a civil engineer, TV presenter, an environmental champion and former deputy mayor for Reading. As a child in Nigeria, Ayo witnessed the devastation caused by flooding, so she discovered a way she could make a difference as a civil engineer. Today, she works for the Environment Agency in the UK as a project team manager. She discusses how engineering is a superpower and how we can't find new solutions to the existential crisis facing our planet with a finite number of ideas from the same people. Lauren Taylor is a site operative with Lane and Group based on their Lundudno construction site in North Wales. Lauren gave construction a go when she was able to try out roles at an on-site experience hub which gave her the chance to learn about the careers that were on offer. Growing up, she'd always perceived construction as a man's job, but it wasn't until she started working with friends on their construction businesses that she realized it could be for her. And finally, Karen Mosley is Managing Director of HLM Architects, a Sheffield-based firm of architecture, landscape and interior specialists with offices in London, Glasgow, Cardiff, Belfast and Dublin. The firm has won multiple industry awards, including most recently Building Magazine's Architectural Practice of the Year. Karen shares the story of her career and why she is so passionate about inclusion in the sector. Do check out our website womanfology.co.uk to read the full stories. And that is all for me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. The feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us in the next episode where we examine the careers of the future and the skills we need from a diverse workforce to help the economy grow. That's all for now.